0: What on earth is that? It's a journey into comics network production!
1: Alibis! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do, Lord? Walk on home, boy! Ooh, yeah! Let me in and make it like you did before! Make it drink, make it please, make it really. Sweet.
0: What's up, Ditorinos, and welcome back to another episode of Rank 'em All. That show where we sit down and rank a bunch of songs and albums from our favorite bands or artists and figure out which songs are the best, which songs are the worst, and which albums rise above the rest. We're finally reached the end destination of our Van Halen series. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Brando, joining me as always for this series, the one and only Podfather,
1: Nate Phillips. We are back, back again. Guess who's back? Nate and Brandon. <laughs> but also. We are not alone today. We have been joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend, Good Times Grimes. Joe, how's it going today, bro? Going on, fellas. Not much. So,
0: um, it took a long time to get here <laughs> to reach the end of this series. Um, to pull the cloth back a little bit, you guys aren't going to notice anything. Thankfully, this series got done just in time. And, uh, for us, it was a, almost a More than a half year long project uh, Schedules Misaligned Again and again, but we got it done, we are here We are at the final episode, guys, what's going to happen We're going to kind of lead up, we have a few extra Tracks to, to get to before The different kind of truth album, and then we're going to Rank the album, and then, we're not going to do a Separate finale episode we're going to just tack it on to the end of this one. So those will be time-coded down below if you're listening on, on, on one of your favorite podcast services or if you're on YouTube. If you want to go, I just want to know the final ranking, well, click down below. If you, if you don't care about the three extra songs that were on, be, Best of Both Worlds, then go straight to the album. But we got a little bit of prefacing to kind of get to here because, guys, uh, the last album, Van Halen 3, which we ranked last week, to say the least, Uh I literally, I almost said because somebody was asking about you know our rank series, and I said it it, it. it almost made me regret picking Van Halen after having actually listened and ranked to Van Halen three. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. we ranked it worse than Saint Anger, and everybody who's anybody who has ever pops Saint Anger in is almost if they're not a huge. Master Metallica fan are instantly turned off. You know, it's got such an awful tone sound. And I, I get what they were going for. Van Halen's th- Van Halen three's tone is. <laughs> I think I think most of all, it just doesn't gel. It, 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 uh, you know, Metallica. They chose their tone. They chose their attitude. When whether or not you agree with it or not, that's your own opinion. Uh, and there's some there's some like little like nuggets of awesomeness on that album, but you have to wade through just the endless riffs and endless songs to find them. But for Van Halen three, buddy, I was the I I, I was the nicest out of all of us on that thing, and that's because I tried to find some good stuff in there, and it's very sparse. But guys, at one point they were going to be making a second album with Gary Sharon that was mm. happening, and the album was going it was tentatively titled Love Again uh that did not happen. In fact, one of the songs that that was that was that that lyrics were written for that song Gary Sharon would take that for his other band after he left Van Halen. Now, unlike both of the David Lee Roths and Sammy Hagar departures that we discussed here, uh there wasn't any bad blood between uh the Van Halen brothers and Gary Sharon. It was very amicable. It was just like, "Hey, it didn't work," you know. We yeah. tried something and it didn't work. So then you had some stuff come about in about the year 2000 where they reunited once again with David Lee Roth, just like they did about four years prior. Now, the four years prior, we got two new songs, in which we ranked uh, at the beginning of the last episode, which were probably the best ranked songs in that entire episode. Uh, that was what me wise magic and uh, I can't, can't get it. Can't find this stuff no more or something like that. Yeah. Can't, yeah. can't get
1: this stuff. Can't no more. get this
0: stuff no more. Uh. So in 2000 they started kind of toying around with some stuff, and th- the irony is some of the stuff they would be toying around with there might be uh, could end up on different kind of truths. So I don't know some riffs, some ideas, uh, and that would also kind of be the last time that they would record in studio demoing whatever with Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony would depart. There is some issues here with between Michael and Eddie. Of course, that was kind of, we kind of hinted at that in the last episode. Eddie did a lot of the base on Van Halen 3. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I don't know if it was personal, I don't know if it was rights. We uh, Michael has like his own words, of course uh, it was after he left and he that's what he said and revealed all about that about the whole thing with Van Halen 3 and how much little he wasn't doing and Eddie didn't really want him involved. And not sure why. Eddie was going through a lot of his own problems. A lot of his own problems. Now, in 2002, we would see the Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth tour. And uh, so these two, two big headliners, uh, the former lead men of Van Halen, are now going to be out touring together. No opening act. They were just going to be splitting who plays first. And they're like, how can these guys get along? Well, I'll give you a secret. In public, they they were, can't. In public, they were very cordial with each other. Behind the scenes, apparently they just stayed apart. Both, not just both of them, but like their entire teams. Michael Anthony did play with Sammy Hagar. He did not play with David Lee Roth. Now, the uh, I'm trying to find the exact name of the tour. It was uh, the uh, um, which I was in the right spot. I'm I'm sorry, fellas.
1: Something with Sam and Dave. I know. Well, it was kind of referred to as that.
0: Um, I see. that's... that's before that the the song for song the heavyweight champs of rock and roll tour also known as the sans halen tour i love that name sans
1: halen there we go that got me
0: and or the sam and dave tour uh it yeah it is what it is um it kind of came off with that and then uh sammy would go on to kind of reunite with montrose and, uh well, finally, in 2004, Van Halen released The Best of Both Worlds, which was a compilation mm-hmm. album. They got back with Sammy. They recorded three new songs, which we're about to talk about. And those songs are It's About Time, Up for Breakfast, and Learning to See. So, basically, The Best of Both Worlds, it's a two-disc compilation set of a lot of the biggest hits from the from the Roth era, from the Hagar era. No Gary Sharon to be found here. Because it
1: wouldn't have fit the theme. Can't say best of all three worlds. It just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't roll yeah. off the tongue the same,
0: right? Uh, but see, uh, what's funny? Again, we're at the end. I, I feel comfortable tearing back to curtain. We were going to record this episode yesterday, and we decided to hold off due to the timing. And uh, while I'm just kind of re- reading and doing some homework. I found some homework that we needed to do. I forgot about these songs. In fact as I alluded to uh, before we went on the air, when I first got this Best of Both Worlds, I was not as uh, into the Hagar era as I was the early Roth stuff, so I didn't know these weren't f- just pulled from the Roth CDs. I knew there were like four of them. And mm-hmm. I you didn't... mean the
1: Hagar CDs, right? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, the Hagar CDs. The, okay. the, um, of course, the 5150 <laughs> OU8 went to For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge and Balance. These songs are not found. These are brand new songs. So we're going to rank them because we we'll are rank them all. We're going to rank them. If there's any sort of tracks that we missed that were like hidden somewhere... Well, that's sort of the way that goes. I found the all Russian
1: I- four disc release of Van Halen two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we don't need any other songs to drag that rating down anymore. Okay, I have a newfound love for that album. Not because I've listened to it again, but because I listened to Van Halen three. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. some usually in the trilogy, the second one's the best one, and the and like the third one's the worst. Um, in this case, the first one's the best one. The second one falls a little short and a third one is better, less, le- le- less, said the, like, I like, like the better, but yeah. guys, I gave you the homework to do. We only had a day to listen to it. You guys have heard these songs before. Uh, I, this, this, and I've heard them too before, but, uh, it's been a long time, but it's about time. What do you guys think about? It's about time. Um, we'll start with Joe. What'd you think about this one?
2: Uh, I mean, like I, vaguely remembered this because like i said i uh, I listened to it so many years ago Mm -hmm. and i mean it's a good song it's it's you know nothing that's all too memorable or anything but like i don't know it's it's good but like there's probably a reason why i forgot about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i will say that it's really cool that they got back with sammy here uh yeah i i don't like to see bad blood i like it when uh, bands and and artists can put their own feelings and get and move past stuff and get along. If there's multiple eras, you know, like um, the 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 Mustaine Metallica feud that would never really was, that was only really one sided. You know, that's on and off forever. Uh, but then to to to, to see that kind of get buried and yeah. uh, some cool stuff happen. That's kind of cool. Here it's cool again. Do you know what the intro reminded me of? What. Power Man Five Thousand.
1: Interesting. I don't okay. think I would have put that in there, but okay. I da, da, da,
0: the, the intro reminded me of when worlds collide. Okay. And, and then the rest of the song, the rest of the song, it was, was kind of Hagar's version of Panama ish, like not entirely Panama, but it had some riffage that was reminiscent of that energy. And uh, uh, the other one I wrote is No Van Halen Three detected here. <laughs> this yeah, was an no, instant You know, uh, this was an instant Wow, alright, here we go, we're back in business uh, We got some, some good sounding Old Van Halen here, of course The lyrics kind of sounded like they were like Hey, it's about time we got back to doing what we're doing It, 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 it was timely uh, Nate, what did you think about It's About Time?
1: I really liked this song from before we ranked it And when you gave us the homework yesterday I was like, oh yeah, those songs are a thing that To exist in this world so I was like, okay, I'll just go back through, do a quick once over these songs. I've heard them several times. Like, I just need to make sure that I can say something about them, obviously. It's about time. I think one of the things that uh, while it's cool that Sammy's returning to the band, it kind of sounds like a little return to that old Van Halen form here starting to kind of, and that's, we're going to talk on that later too, but this is them again, no VH3 detected is you really saying that they, ca- they went back to sounding how they used to sound when they made any other album. Yeah. There are little sparkles of every member of the band that shine. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is my Van Halen. Like whether it's Sammy or Dave's singing, they actually musically were pretty consistent. Right. Yeah. So it's about time. I like I think the lyrics, like you said, are on point. My favorite part about the whole song, though, is the drums. I think Alex just crushes in this song and and it's understated because there's a lot of other things going on. But he's keeping a lot of cool beats and rhythms throughout that song that are really, really fun and intricate to to jam along to. Uh, just to jump into the ranking, right out the gate, I gave this bad boy a 7. 7. How about you, Joe? Uh, six, five. six five. I gave it a 7.25. Kind of all in that uh, range there.
0: Uh, and, and I also want everybody to know that... Um, um, there's only one song from two of us that got anywhere close to a seven on Van Halen 3, and it was the instrumental opening. <laughs> so, okay. So, and also that was the highest that anybody gave anything on that one. So here we are. We're back with Sammy. And uh, while maybe not as good as that intro on the last one, it's, all, I, it's already way better. Uh, the next song, I don't have a lot of, to say about it. It's called Up for Breakfast. I wrote Double Entendre Fest. Holy crap! Yeah. This song is nothing but a double entendre. It kind of reminds yeah. me of anything that here that here come the mummies would do, uh, <laughs> but maybe not as uh, silly. Uh, but it's a neat little riffy song, and it has a really awesome dirty bass tone at the end as they're going out of it. Uh, that's all I got for it. We'll start
1: with Nate this time. Just a line: cherries on bananas. <laughs> I have nothing. I like the song. It is you kind of hit it with the. It is a double entendre fest. It is a little silly, but it's again, what are we going back to? Mm-hmm. Van Halen taking their silliness very seriously. Yeah, yeah. And it's they can't so, take a fuck. Exactly. Yep. And, and and um, another great example of a fun song that's like it kind of makes me wish they would have just fucking did a whole album here. Like you're too in. And these first two, I'm like, okay, like give me the other seven or eight right. songs yeah. you're yeah. gonna do on yeah. this one. Um, obviously, we don't get that, but yeah, I really, I really do enjoy Up for Breakfast. Joe, what about you, man?
2: I the only thing I got to say about this, besides like everything else you guys said, is uh did anybody else get the Why Can't This Be Love vibes at
0: the beginning of the song? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah.
2: The, the intro, it was like almost copy and paste with like maybe like a little bit more updated. Uh, sound tech behind it you know um i mean that's the only thing uh other than that that for me was just kind of like oh well it's kind of lazy but other than that no i i really enjoyed this song i mean with the double entrant and everything it's still it was <laughs> still a really good song
0: all right joe and what'd you give it i guess it was point seven, five. 7. five,
1: nate I, I i really promise you guys that i thought about these rankings just as a spoiler alert for these three but somehow it still ends up a seven.
0: I also gave it a seven though. So, it's,
1: like, so I good. it is really a, like it's a upper tier song. Like, I would be willing to listen up to up for breakfast again, but it's not one of the songs that I would willingly search out to jam in this catalog.
0: Yeah. Um, the some of these might make a playlist if I'm going to do a full on, not just the hits playlist, like some of the better songs in the catalog. Like, these are when 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 you when you put these up against some of the big songs that we already ranked and got really big uh big scores and yeah these are sevens but man these are really good like like i i don't want to say the word filler filler's not the right word or the right um uh, uh like mantra I'm going for here but like a good like man these are really good B-side songs that 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 you don't yeah. really what they might they might not want to skip you know like hey you know th- this is a good song in between this could be love and then pound cake or something like that you know like they fit right in there even if they're mm-hmm. not as memorable but the last one uh learning to see um i'll start with joe what do you think about learning to see
2: I, man i don't i don't have any notes on that but the only thing i can think is it's like what is this is it a ballad is it not is it just supposed to be a heavy song is it supposed to be a light song it was so back and forth. I like the longer, the, the more I tried listening to, I listened to this one several times more than the others just to come up with something to write down.
1: I, I had nothing. Man. Okay. So I have
0: like a small paragraph because I, you, okay. you took the words right out of my mouth. The first thing I wrote spoon man riff <laughs> is this, is this sound garden? Then <laughs> Nope. Nope. I said, I love the guitar tone for the riffy sections. Yeah. This song is crunchy. It's heavy. This song could be fucking epic. But then I really feel like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Exactly. Uh the sections independently sound good from each other. The like or even epic at some points. Like this mm-hmm. could if but they don't really seem to gel with each other. They don't seem to go the heavy parts be- don't go into the soft parts mm-hmm. and the soft parts don't go into the heavy parts very well. I felt like, man, if if this were just a straight heavy song, this might be one of the better Hagar-era songs. Yeah. It is a damn good song. I mean, they are getting close with this song into what you would consider classic Van Halen territory. Like, this could be up there Mm -hmm. with them but I just don't really feel like it nails it because of its uh, duality of what it's it doesn't, doesn't really flow.
2: Mean. It could be, two, you could split that up into two separate songs and just add more to each. Almost, and you have a yeah. good ballad and a good heavy song.
0: Yeah. And, and then Sammy screaming at the end for his own sanity, maybe. I, 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 I don't know, right. <laughs> but uh, I mean. Nate, what would what, you think about it?
1: So you nailed it about the riffs and the chunkiness, right? And it actually in saying that sparked my memory to think about a song off of for unlawful carnal knowledge that I said the exact same thing that I have my thoughts on this. So I went back and looked at the notes. I'm going to read note for note what I said, and it's 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 identical to how I'm feeling. So for The Dream Is Over, I said way more ballady chorus than I was expecting for such a heavy riffing tune. Yeah. And that is exactly this. again. It, it, it's, it's not to say they copy and pasted the song, but the formula and the mechanic of it, like we're going to be heavy as shit, and then we're going to come into the chorus and just pull it all away and give you this like emotionally powerful uh, contextually deep lyrics uh, yeah. for what they're really trying to say. Like I'm trying to help you and I'm the one hurting you by trying to help is kind of the, that's, that, that's some powerful shit, man. Yeah. Like, that I was like, damn, like I forgot that they were ta- like learning to see is not a song that you would expect on my list of like good Sammy tunes um, until we did this rank them. And now I'm like, man, this is pretty solid.
0: All right, then if it's that solid, would you would you rank it?
1: Well, yeah, a seven. <laughs> Joe,
0: I, I actually did a six five. Six five. I did give this a seven five because, I, as I said, this gets close. It is close. It just maybe falls a little short. But uh, the best of both worlds would actually have a tour to go along with that, along with these three new songs. I, I don't want to say any of these were singles by any uh, stretch of the imagination but they uh, would definitely go out and they would do a whole tour and, and and it would be pretty successful for them. And it would be one of the top 10 grossing tours of 2004. And uh, professional reviews of the tour, however, pers- they were mixed. And uh, uh, Eddie's son Wolfgang would actually come out on stage and play guitar with his dad during the song 316. Oh, Dope. Which was dedicated to his son. Okay. I didn't know that when I said that back, back then. I... I I, I I took that based all off on all upon feel, like because that's the instrumental where it's like really soft and just mellow and everything. And also, Wolfgang's birthday is March sixteenth.
2: I was gonna ask cause that's I was kind of yeah.
0: Um, however, uh, this is where Eddie's problems really came to the surface with his drinking, and um. Um, yeah, it caused a lot of problems. Yeah. And uh, Eddie would end up going to rehab. And that, 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 and that is why, um, the, he and his brother both missed the, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in January of, of, of 2007. Um, Eddie was in rehab. Um, kids out there being kids right now. Just apologize if you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> um, that's the uh, th- that is the world we live in for recording this on a Saturday morning, f- fellas. <laughs> screams and uh, when
1: we were growing up, we had Saturday morning cartoons. Now we have Saturday morning children's screams.
0: Children's well, children's screams, and then um, having to uh, correct a child. So if you hear any yelling, I do apologize. Uh, kids are kids, <laughs> and are rough. So uh, according to, with uh, Velvet Revolver did play. Because uh, uh, the, the only two members who actually showed up for the Van Halen induction were Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony. Uh, Roth was supposed to be there, um, and he awkward. Was, yeah, well, no, he was supposed to be there, and uh, and he he was going to perform with uh, Velvet, but um, the he was supposed to perform "You Really Got Me," but that he wanted to do "Jump." and they hadn't rehearsed Jump, and so he just didn't even show up. Wow. (sighs) But then um, uh, Velvet Revolver would end up doing Ain't Talking About Love, which apparently was criticized due to Scott's Scott Whalen's poor vocal performance and Slash's inability to even play the opening riff right. Uh, And then Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar played Why Can't This Be Love with Paul Schaefer and that was interesting that was Letterman, yeah
1: oh shit
0: and that was criticized (laughs) for the 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 like the backing band uh music performance there so um yeah a lot of ups and downs here um eddie would go into rehab twice during this section between oh four and where we're heading um that last stint would be very successful for him. And they would actually start t- talking about, putting some stuff together. Of course, then Wolfgang, his son Wolfgang would replace Michael Anthony as the bassist. Right. And, um, it was just like, you know, the big talk of what should we do? Should we get together? Should we, uh, you know, talks had started up with, uh, with, um, uh, Roth again. And they did, do kind of a reunion tour in 08 and 09 and, and got back together. And then they started like talking about doing an album and um, it, that's where this kind of starts coming together. So with the album, <sighs> a lot of these songs are, are reworked songs and you know who you, you know who kind of drove that
1: Wolfgang Wolfgang. Yeah.
0: So, Originally, it was going... Uh, Eddie was hesitant to do brand new songs with Roth after the three songs that were done with Sammy because apparently they weren't really received very well. They were received well by us here on the show, well enough right. to receive almost sevens across the board, you know? But um, he, I guess they wanted something better and wasn't really... Too, uh, you know, after Wolfgang became enthusiastic about recording a new album, Eddie's opinions changed and then... Wolfgang found uh, uh, a bunch of uh, you know some some unreleased demos and brought them to Alex and Eddie to rework and refine. One the, the the first of these tracks was a track called She's the Woman and it would be that song that they would present to Dave and he would sign on to come back and do some stuff. Got him excited about it. Cuz She's the Woman, cuz She's the Woman. She's the Woman. Um uh, the other two songs that they also played for him was a song called "Let's Get Rockin'," later renamed "Out of Space," and a song called "Bullethead." So, yeah, uh, the work would then get like come in to try and like do a new album with David Lee Roth, and um, all the tracks on this album are written by Van Halen slash Roth. They interesting. It's stated they- that way
1: delineated it differently. Well,
0: first. oh, oh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm really sorry. Um, for the three songs for the Van Halen, for the, I'm sorry, for the Van Halen Best of Both Worlds, uh, with, with Sammy, uh, it's kind of stated that way too. Instead of giving, uh, you know, because Michael Anthony was there for that and he was not given any credit. In fact, uh, to go back to that, if I could find that really quick, that's very interesting, uh, worthy of a note, um, uh, of, let's see, these songs were credited to Hagar, Van Halen, and Van Halen. So, both both brothers got credit, and Sammy got credit. Michael did not, which was unusual, because typically the whole band would be credited unless otherwise noted. Uh, Michael Anthony was later revealed in interviews that Eddie did not want him part of the reunion, and the only reason that Anthony had been allowed to perform in the sessions was because Sammy insisted on it. Uh, however, Anthony... Uh, Eddie played the bass parts himself on these songs, just like VH3. Again, some weird kind of vibe stuff going on. I don't know what's going on. Some, it's, it seems personal. Something's going on here. And and, and we don't ever really get any true... Uh, anything from Eddie about it. Um, I could go and I could watch interviews uh, and try to get down to, to it, but, you know... Um, I don't really think it's too important other than the fact that uh, uh, Michael would go on and become a regular with Sammy. They would form Chicken Foot and he's still playing with Sammy to this day. So, yeah. Um, now we're going to move on to different kind of truth. The album, the last album, Van Halen. We are here, finally. Uh, 25 minutes into the show. <laughs> we had a few things to talk about. No, man, things were rough for the band uh, from the mid-90s. I mean, you could count VH3 in, in, like into that. You know, for yeah. almost 15 years, this band went through hell. A few little shiny moments here and there. They, 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 this is a legendary rock band, and there's a lot of problems. And it, it, you know, maybe some of these personal problems were substance uh, it inspired. Maybe people weren't in their right minds. I don't want to say Wolfgang sure does look a lot like Michael Anthony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he does. Just kidding. Just kidding.
0: Um, but there's two singles for this uh, that got put out. And uh, the first of those is the very first song on the album. Are you guys ready to talk about this? Well, hold on. Before we talk about it, this album debuted on the billboard at number two, selling 100 wow. 188000 in its first six days. And by the end of 2012, had, become, had sold uh, 411000 Of course, by this point, the entire music industry has entirely changed. Album sales are not what they used to be. Your first week yeah. sales are not what they used to be. You know, they didn't hit a million in a week. They're not. You're not going to do that for almost anybody. Not even the Mighty Metallica can do that. Not even Miley Cyrus can do that. Not even Justin Bieber. Some of these biggest names that are in pop music can
1: do that. It's just not Why? possible. Why? When you could just stream it. That's what everybody thinks now. And it's like this weird fact. You know, what? it's it's fucked up because I think, and, and maybe this isn't the best spot to go off on my shoebox or whatever, but like... uh when we were younger and the digital thing was starting, like iPods and stuff, mm-hmm. I think we were all like, man, CDs can never be replaced. Like, there's no way. And yeah. now it's like weird to me because artists can just post a singular track on through the internet and it never gets released on a CD, yep. but it's the most popular shit they've ever done, but you can't find it in their discography. And that's unique and interesting because it shows that. Uh, soccer moms and biker dudes and fucking little kids and all kinds of people are using the spotify's and the apple music's to listen to their their choices of music yeah and it's like now it's kind of just like okay well this is how it's going to be like it gets it to the people faster and that's why artists now feel more comfortable and and honestly do drop secret release albums that come out the day they come out and that's yeah. the first time you hear they're releasing an album. It's cause mm-hmm. it, it builds an immediate groundswell and everybody flocks to it. So it is unique that the that Van Halen has to be in the midst of experiencing a, a total change of, of how it used to be what four generate, four decades ago when they right. first start?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, uh, again <laughs> Not to delay these rankings I wanted to go into some of the Writing behind some of this because uh, This was kind of a collaboration with A lot of stuff that we said before as we said uh, Wolfgang found a lot of these tapes That was, that was laying around and uh, Seven mm-hmm. of the album's tracks are based on material Which Roth suggested between 77 and seven, or 75 and 77 So the earliest days Even predating the first wow. album um, While Eddie indicated that others Had been composed when he was still in high school And even junior high with some riffs that were not been around that long. Blood and Fire dates back to 1984. An instrumental version of the song titled Ripley appeared oh. in Eddie's score for the film The Wildlife. Uh, the original title had been inspired by the Ripley guitar Eddie used on the demo. He sent the that guitar back to Steve Ripley for repair so that it could be used on the album version.
1: Uh, Whoa. So
0: a lot of cool things coming in. Uh, David Lee Roth rewrote the lyrics for most of the tracks. He wanted to incorporate a point of view from his current personal life. He declared that all music is autobiographic, uh, particularly when it's not meant to be. Adding that, retooling the songs, there is a body of there's a body of new that meets halfway there, and I think it's a very colorful sense. So um, he definitely wanted to. He didn't want to just write, sing the lyrics that that might have been written uh, 30 years prior that no longer maybe. Right pertain to where he is in his current state of mind so pretty cool and wise i see as weird and eclectic as david lee roth is i've always thought that he's very weirdly wise
1: man and you know what you can honestly and i know this is jumping past this this album but his interview on joe rogan i know some people are gonna flack on joe rogan and shit but like David Lee Roth is amazing to hear just talk and tell his his story and his experience through mm-hmm. this all. So after this, after you guys have listened to this Rank 'em All series and you've listened to us chat about Roth, definitely if you haven't, go watch that interview. Just just uh, mainly if you don't like Joe Rogan, ignore anything he asks. Just listen to Roth tell stories because that part's amazing.
0: Yeah, re- yeah. Really quick here. Uh, only the lead single "Tattoo" contains a synthesizer, which was played by Roth. Yeah the other two songs ah. You and Your Blues and As Is have have a processed guitar that sounds like synth. Roth also performs acoustic guitar for the song uh, for the intro of uh on he, he so he, the intro of Stay Frosty, a song he had written which was rearranged by Wolfgang and is reminiscent of an older song we're going to talk about when we get there. And mm-hmm. um yeah, so it's like a, a really weird amalgamation. The the when I I I, I want to be honest, when I first heard this album I didn't like it. I was coming off of Black Sabbath's 13 and uh thought that was amazing. I thought it was so cool that after in 1979 the last album that they did with Ozzy, they they're coming in and it sounds like Sabbath with a better production. It sounds like Ozzy's back. When I got this it wasn't it, I don't know as good as I was expecting. Maybe I was expecting 1984 again. Maybe I was expecting 5150 again. We didn't get that. We got more of that 70s vibe here. And I'll be honest with you, uh, not to spoil my own ranks, but I think – a lot of this 70s vibe that they do here on this album is better than the 70s vibe they did back in the 70s. I think it's more refined. I think there's less filler. I think there's less misses here. Because back then, if, uh, as us, we'll talk about when we get to the final ranks here and, and, we, and we revisit some of these album ranks, there were some songs like, this is a really good song, and then there's like a miss, and then there's a miss, and then there's a, a hidden gem, and then there's a hit, and then there's another miss. I don't feel like anything on this album really misses even if it's not really 100% a, like a great tune. Right. No, I, I don't feel like it falls into Van Halen 3 territory. I don't feel like it falls into some of the misses. Maybe we were a little too um, critical of some of these songs back then, but it is what it is. They're ranked, and, and that's how it's going to be. We're not going to re-rank anything. Um, mm-hmm. We are here, though. Tattoo, the very first song, is the first single released, and this was a, this was an old song that they that they actually performed back in the day. And they brought it back around tattoo. Um, I'm going to start with Joe because I remember we were talking, we- we've we had conversations even before we even started this project about yeah. this Van Halen album and how you really didn't care for tattoo. I'm interested to hear what you have to say now.
2: I uh, honestly, it's, it's not as bad listening to it as I remember originally, like back in the day when it first came out, I'm like, man, this is a, I, it's just, I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. Plus also, you know, I think experiencing that with the music video, I think it's the first time I ever heard it was with the music video. And I don't know why I was so jud- like hard on it, but like going back to it and listen to it, it was kind of like, it was much better to listen to this, having listened to the H3. <laughs> it was yeah. like a breath of fresh air, you know? Yes, and absolutely. Like this, this was a, just such a strong start to the album. Um, the only thing for me that stuck with me uh listening to it now and as, as it was back when it first came out was I wasn't a real big fan of having do, having Eddie do the background vocals uh when they're, you know, the pre-chorus and the chorus, you can tell it's Eddie because what, uh what song did he do on his own uh in VH3? Do you remember? How many say I? So, That with that scratchiness and that of his voice, you can tell it's Eddie. Yeah. And I just, that's the only thing for me that that kind of, it didn't kill the song, but it just kind of like, well, I don't think they really needed his background vocals in there to put the song over. It was good as is, you know?
1: How about you, Nate? Okay. Okay. So for Tattoo, here are some of my thoughts. I said, and this is funny because I didn't know when we came into this uh, any of the history of how the music came to be. So let me just be uh, blatantly oblivious here when I write, musically, a return to old Van Halen. Because it quite literally was a return (laughs) to the old Van Halen. Um, Keeping some of the Sammy era vibes, though, it's not all Mm -hmm. refined 70s and 80s Van Halen. It has some of that modern uh, Van Hagar to it. Um, the lyrics are basic, but catchy. This is kind of the last thing I said about this one. Overall, I like Tattoo. I gave it a 7.25. Nate Tattoo. 7.25. Joe? 7.75. 7.5. 7,
0: 5. I gave it an 8. Um, I listened to this album when I was mowing the yard. On my first... <laughs> uh, uh, it, just like Joe said, coming into after VH3, oh my God, what are we going to get? And I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, here we go, tattoo. And I had so much fun listening to this mm-hmm. album. It's a, yeah, I gave it an eight. The next song is then the second and last single, "She's the Woman," was released as a single. And uh, as I said before, "She's the Woman" was one of the songs, one of the first songs that Wolfgang kind of reworked, and with along with his dad and uncle, and they showed it to dave and dave's like hey that sounds pretty cool i can honestly tell you after tattoo listening to this album i don't recall a lot of the rest of it i gave it a listen i might have gave it a second listen but i don't remember a lot of it i love the energy on she's the woman i i don't like the intro (laughs) until i heard it live at the live in tokyo the energy on that live version made me like it, and I forgave it completely because that did it. Guess guess who's also playing on that? Wolfgang.
1: Simultaneously, listen to it. Shit, Man, it's
0: got some cool stuff going on here. Wolfgang brings it on this album.
1: Yeah,
2: he does. Um, that's I, that's another thing. I was not even just talking about tattoo. Is this. I wasn't excited about having a, a new bass player on like one album. Yeah, you know, I felt like for the longest time that he didn't fit the persona of Van Halen. I'm like, that's I think one of the issues I have with Tattoo's music video is he doesn't look Van Halen.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's not. But, I mean, like, he, I, mean he, I mean, he like he's he, younger. Yeah. He's like like, like like you know he's definitely newer.
2: But man, he freaking killed it, man. That some of the crap I liked on this album was mainly because of Wolfgang.
0: Go, uh, go listen to Wolfgang's ent- uh, interview with Howard Stern last November. Okay. And of course, that's very timely, and you know because Eddie's death last year. That's a very good right, interview right. with Wolfgang. But Joe, what did you think about? Actually, no, we'll go to Nate. Nate, Nate, what like what do you think about? She's the woman. She's the
1: woman. She's the woman. <laughs> does, okay. this,
0: uh, does this not remind you of like the like early this the energy, the style? It, where like the the chorus is not super wordy or catchy. It doesn't need to be. But car- but carry on. I'm sorry that I interrupted.
1: Oh, it's okay. I just wanted to say that um, the only note I really had for this while I liked the song quite a bit, and um, it definitely kept the energy of track one and like keeping my interest in the overall album. Dave just does not sound as good as he used to, and obviously, time is a, is a thing. But in, in ranking these, we have to be. Real and notice that it's starting to show, and I'll make a, another note of that in the next song where I really noticed something that I don't know if I want to tell you guys just because it'll change your listening ear the next time you hear these songs. But she's the woman was uh, was all right. Joe, what are your thoughts? You know,
2: uh, th- this is like for me when we were just talking about uh, Wolfgang. This is, I think, the first song in the album. That I really noticed Gang's Wolfgang's, Wolfgang, Wolfgang's uh, skills. He's got some. He's got some pretty sick bass fills. He's showing off on here, you know, and and it just from that point on, that's actually kind of what triggered my ears just to keep listening for the bass. And I had to listen to this several times because I, you know, I'm I'm picking out one specific thing. I'm losing everything else in the song, but uh, you know, just because of how driving the song was, and just. Oh, my God. Eddie killing it on the solos on the bridge. Uh, and then plus Wolfgang killing the bass, man. That's, it just drove it home for me, man. Uh, excellent song. I really liked it.
0: Would you rank it? I gave this one a 7.75. Seven point seven five as well. And Nate, what'd you give? She's the woman. Seven. a seven. I gave this one an eight as well. I really, really dig it. The next song, uh, I don't have uh, a ton to say about it. Nate does, and we'll get there. But also, so does Joe. It's very going to be very interesting to hear what you both have to say. You and your blues. I thought there's some really good, just old. Like, man, it's weird to say that it, that it, like it's a breath of fresh air, but it's like a breath of old air. <laughs> it's like a. It's like here's An a old breath of fresh air. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like if you have like a mason jar. Uh, from the 80s or from the 70s that you just kind of like waved in the air and sealed up and then you open it back up and you, then you smell it like as like the dude in Spaceballs um, taking a whiff from from his air can. <laughs> but uh, we'll start with Joe and then get to Nate. Joe, what'd you think about you and your blues? My God, dude. Strong, solid start.
2: Um, I mean, there, there's not much you can say, but I uh, just, you're letting Eddie be Eddie. Uh, just doing this masterful guitar work as as always and you're letting... Wolfgang, you know, step in. Alex is killing it on the kid. Like everything about this was perfectly. It was just, it was just, it just meshes so good. Um, I just like, I I think I listened to this song more than anything on the album. I would like just have this on repeat, like over and over, man. It just, it just killed it. It was so fucking
1: awesome. Nate. So my notes are not the same. (laughs) Not that I don't like the song. I I will say that my rank is not maybe as good as some of the other songs so far, but we're kind of in the similar trend here. Now, my thing that I wanted to say is musically, this song gives me summer vibes. Like right out of the gate, I want to be outside and like listening to the air while the song is playing. But this is the thing I've been nervous to share with you guys. I noticed that David Lee Roth is no longer the singer of Van Halen in this song because he was replaced by Paul Stanley. He sounds just like Paul Stanley in this song and I can't unhear it. I Kiss was one of my first favorite bands, so I really know that tone and that kind of raspiness that Paul gets into and mm-hmm. I've never heard it before on anything Van Halen has done until the last song in this song. And the last song I'm the last song I'm trying to figure out on she's the woman like what is it about these lyrics that I'm not liking? And it wasn't the lyrics. It was in him starting to kind of get that Paul sheen that I was like, Oh, Oh, that's what's going on. So then when I listened to you, you and your blues, I was like, that's what it is. He sounds like, he sounds like fucking Paul Stanley. So interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. Go back and give that a listen.
0: Definitely. We'll have to do that. Would you rank it? Nate, a 6.75. C. it wasn't that bad. And Joe, uh, this one's an 8.5 5 for Joe And I gave it a 7.5 I liked it uh, The next song Is Chinatown Very interesting This is on the live In Tokyo as well This song And then I said I don't really dig the vocals On this track But man The music energy is staying consistent Between the songs and there's some awesome guitar work let me just uh, flat out and say Eddie's guitar work whether it's the riffs whether he's soloing and going nuts this is some of his best work arguably since
2: 5150
0: Mm -hmm. Like, uh, even though OU812 is there even though uh, Carnal Knowledge is there Balance is some stuff consistent across this album this is old school Eddie Van Halen Yes And that is awesome Because we all know how much of an awesome guitar player he is How much of a guitar icon he is And to know that they did a lot of different stuff They tried a lot of different uh, sounds And here we are Across this whole album Even if there's a I, I mean every single song has something Even if that song doesn't stand out as This is an awesome song it's got that same attitude, that same feel from Eddie, and I just want to stake that here on Chinatown, because that, also, that the, the music, more so than the vocals here, is is why I ranked it the way that I did. And we'll start with Nate next.
1: Chinatown, you kind of nailed it uh, lyrically. Not a huge fan vocally, not the best song, but... I love that finger tap intro so, so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And I also wrote in my notes, the breakneck pace of this track is unmatched. It just shoves it down your throat the whole time. Yes. And I love that energy, especially from a bunch of older dudes and a kid. But (laughs) you know what (laughs) I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Joe. You know, like, it's the same thing you guys said. Lyrically, like, I didn't care for it, but the music for me was so badass, I literally didn't give a shit. I mean, like, I, like, I felt like, like, this song, finally, like, Alex is released out of his cage, you know, and he can show what he can do is still at his age. You know, we're, you know, we're talking about Eddie, of course, but it's just like, there's nothing really that stands out for me as far as Alex goes on this up until this song. And he's just fucking berserk. Um, Wolfgang, yet again, like, kicks it, you know, k- uh, kills it. And like I said, lyrically, not great, but it's it's just so badass, everything else around in this song. Uh, I just, oh, yeah. I take the lyrics, throw them away. I don't care. This this song was really, really good.
0: Would you rank it? I
2: guess an 8.75.
0: 7.5. Nate. 7. 7. I gave it a 6.75. The next track <laughs> is Blood and Fire. That, that, that's one of the ones that was said that came from... What year was that? Uh, eighty something, right? Eighty, eighty-five, right? Did I say eighty-five? I don't. I don't really remember. No, I that. thought it was
1: eighty-four. That was
0: a couple was of 85. paragraphs ago, <laughs> but yeah. it's very funny because, as I said, I I read all this stuff yesterday, right? Uh, right. And, and normally I don't read a whole lot coming into it. Uh, I if there's something interesting to say, I'll read it right before we're getting ready to go on the air, and that's about it. Um. But, so, this song, Blood and Fire, I wrote 5150 feel. Okay. Which is funny, because if it was, if it was after 84, 5150
1: was next. 5150
0: was next. And, and, and I said, I want to like this more than what I do, but the chorus of the vocals, the, the, vo- the, the chorus vocals hold it back for me. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It just kind of grates on my ears. Uh, Everything but the chorus is awesome in this song. And so that it it kind of got knocked down a little bit for me on that. And Joe, what'd you think about it?
2: Uh, Same. Like uh, coming off, like I was coming off such a big rush on, uh, on Chinatown. Uh, And for like this one, I think it was kind of a step backwards, Mm -hmm. a a step down. Uh, I mean, it was still like, I didn't hate the song. And like everybody's firing on all cylinders here, and but it's just it, like I said, coming off of Chinatown, it's it's it kind of let me down a little bit. Um, I mean, it's still I think it still leaps and bounds what we heard previously
0: <laughs> on the, yeah, <laughs> on the yeah. Oh, trust me, like I, I believe yeah. so far that it's well evident given the yes. overall average of what we are ranking stuff. I think that's very evident. <laughs> yeah, that we are. Yeah. even if we're not reaching, it, or or if we ever do, we'll see. Even if we don't reach the the big scores of the top tier, that this is still some pretty good shit. Yeah, and and it's worth a listen. You know, I yeah. dismissed this album eight ten years ago, and I shouldn't have. You know, I I, I do believe that this is a pretty good return to form. And it is. Uh, I mean,
2: that's I did the same thing you did. I listened to Tattoo, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna pretty much think this sucks and not listen to the rest of it.
0: Yeah, well, like, and I bought the album the night it came out, and I, I listened to it on the way home and was just really disappointed at the time. Yeah, but uh, Nate, you got anything for Blood and Fire?
1: Yeah, aside from a yawn, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> this album putting you to sleep. No, the, sh- the solo on this song, Shreds, that was really my one singular note, was like. Dude, what? Eddie, what? Mhm. How are you what? You're yeah. so fast at your age still and getting faster. What? That's that's where my head was at uh, overall though. Only about a
0: 6.25. 6.25 from Nate and Joe would you give Blood and Fire? 6.5. 6.5. I gave it a 6.75 right there. <laughs>
2: no, right about yeah.
0: Right about in the same spot. Um I kind of feel like in some cases um as I said, I'm I'm being a little uh, generous with some of these rankings just simply because the music uh in and, and and Eddie's work are so great even if the vocals don't really like as I said I, if the vocals were a little bit better in Blood and Fire it probably would have got closer to like the 775 area but I had to knock it a little bit for that. Uh the next track Bullethead, one of the songs that got Dave to come back. It's got great energy but it doesn't really get past that. Um unfortunately for me. Um and "Bullethead" is the is the song where the album title is said. Different kind of truth. In like the pre-chorus
1: part two.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like that's all I got for this one. Um, I don't remember who's next. Um, who wants Nate. to?
1: Nate? Nate, you go. I have. I have no notes. Okay, Joe. Then you go. I really did not <laughs> like this thing.
0: Joe, do you have any notes?
2: Uh, I just got one thing. It just, it just kind of felt like a mess.
0: Right. Just just kind of didn't hit the mark. It's got energy, but that's about it. Um, Joe, yeah. would you rank it? Four, uh, four or five. Four or five. That's a dip. Um, yeah. Nate? Yeah. Straight up six. Six. I gave it a six-five. As I said, I, I dig the energy, and that's about it. But as is, as, as the next one, Alex comes in with a really weird count. Is he just being silly? And this song is down tuned and Saint Angry. Um <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a shirt. If we ever get all merch. Saint so Angry. Say Angry needs to be a shirt because this no, Eddie's tone here reminded me of Saint Anger Tones. Like but it doesn't really stay there. The tone shifts to a more of a soft with the rock with with the Daily Rough talkie vibes. It's a weird clash of like new and old, and uh, you know, props for trying something new, but it doesn't always succeed. I, I didn't hate this. Uh, it's a bit of a step up from from, from the last one, uh, but not uh, but not by a great amount. Joe, do you have anything for this one? The only thing I got
2: about this is the bridge. I, I actually kind of really like you know, like they're they're going balls to the wall, like the whole song. And then that bridge hit, and then like boom, they take off in a different direction for like what, like thirty to forty seconds or something, and then like smack the right back into driving and going balls to the wall. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, it's not like what was that? What was that last one we had where uh, it was confused whether it was a ballad or a heavy song? Like
0: oh, um, the uh, learning to see.
2: Yeah, the uh, learning to see. It's it wasn't it wasn't like that for me. I mean, it did it did have those two separate directions for it, but it actually worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um other than that, like the rest of the song was like, it yeah, was all right, but I just that part really like hit it home for me. It was that that bridge section.
1: And Nate, what do you gotta say about <sighs> it? Heavy metal halen intro rules. The solo is epic. Mm-hmm. That solo is like eruption level epic it's not eruption but it just man instantly i was just like here we go we're on a train ride that i'm excited to see where we're going again a train that's funny but the soft breakdown nobody said, nobody said it nobody said it nobody said it i'm so glad i get to be the one that say it the soft breakdown has complete finish what you started vibes okay chicken picking soft bring, 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 bring type stuff like it's it's in there it's like they took Wolfgang took parts of things he loved from Sammy but did never want to admit to his dad that he loved from the Sammy era and was like we should sprinkle this in here and do this here you know <laughs> it's just like add a little Cynthia here you know um. so yeah I dug it uh, I thought this song to spoil it for you was the best on the album oh cool what'd you and rank it an 8.75 wow
0: 8.75, what about you, Joe? 8.75. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Brando? Brando? <laughs> Brando, what did you give it? If you say 8.75, I might flip the desk. 8.75. <laughs>
0: oh, nice. Oh,
1: man. Oh, That's good shit. We had a perfect score on this. That's well, not a perfect score, but like no, like congruent.
0: We were all along the same lines for sure. And uh, as I said, like it, they they (laughs) do. They really tried. They really tried for something. This was like the one song on here. As you said, even though it's got some hints of older stuff, it's got a new flavor. You know, uh, is man, it's close. It's close to that classicness, but you know, we'll have to uh, see if it holds up. Uh, up next Honey Baby Sweetie Doll All one word um, The the intro was very Tom Morello Rage Against the Machine uh, Audio yes. Slave uh, And it's heavy But the vocals don't match the tone of the song Nope um, I'm going to spoil it for you this, this is my least favorite song on the album So coming from Probably what is like Obviously uh, at this point our, our Our highest rated song on the album to me one of it might
1: actually sneak into
0: our top 10. By it, the way. it might sneak in. I'll have to run the numbers right when we're done. We'll have to see. Oh, but um, it might get close, it might not. But honey, baby sweetie doll, who's next? Who wants to go next? I don't care.
1: I just had one thing. Huh? The guitar work in this song really, really, really shines for mm-hmm. me. Like that's really the only thing I kept going back to is, God, the guitar is so nice in this song. Joe. Uh
2: my my first and only thought uh coming off the intro of this song is that ah oh, fucking hell it's another strung out part
0: 2. <laughs> like legit. <laughs> it's better sounding than strung out and it actually goes yeah. somewhere. Definitely, yeah. If if, if strung out would have sounded terrible but turned into a cool song I wouldn't have been so mad about it. But it was yeah. just him Plucking and hitting strings With a screwdriver or something like that it was weird <laughs> Yeah. So would you rank it Joe
2: uh, I did a 4 on this
0: one 4 and Nate
1: 5.5
0: 5. 5. 5 from me The next song The Trouble With Never <laughs> It's funny Because I wrote Even a song that kind of misses the mark On this album is points higher than Van Halen 3
1: Passable Great guitar work. That's all I have. Legit. Nate, what do you got? Uh, the intro has me headbanging. Like, right away, I'm just like, yeah, let's fucking do this. But then it's kind of repetitive. Mm-hmm. It's just a really repetitive tune. Joe.
2: I have no notes. And we have a rank. <laughs>
0: rank it, then. Seven. Seven. It was better than the last one for you. Yep. And Nate. 6.25. 2.5. 7 5.75 for me on that one out of space. I got great intro energy riffy vocals, not the vocals are not the best part of this, but at this point are, uh, are we really surprised with that? So like literally as I'm going song by song, note by note, Nate, I'm coming to the same conclusion that you're coming to that Roth's vocals are not consistent and like where they work they work but they don't sometimes and uh, i felt like that here however i did really enjoy um just the song overall uh yeah and we'll go to <laughs> we'll go to joe
2: uh i mean i didn't think it was bad i'm not like the whole out of space part um i wasn't a big fan of that like the vocal part for that is <laughs> That's the only thing that really stuck with me on this, though. It's it's not a bad song, but am I gonna really remember it? Maybe just for that out of space part, because it was bugged the crap out of me, then yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna affect my rank just a little
0: bit. All right, Nate, what you gotta say?
1: Um musically this song slays, but I did not like the chorus one bit, not one mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the music. Uh, out of space for me gets the probably the most unique rank. Uh, from any of the shows we've done so far. And I only gave it this unique rank. Well, we'll see if you guys can figure out why I gave it a
0: 5.51. Because then the zero would have come after that, but it's 5150.
1: No, that's, I mean, that's clever and I like that. No, yeah, that's it, what I was. Area 51. Ah. Uh, out of uh... space. Got okay it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay it's dumb i i was just like i don't want to give this a straight up five 51.51 <laughs> 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 that's not a joke all right um joe what'd you got for out of space
0: uh six six i gave it a six 7.75 a 67.75 that's what i heard i was like
2: wait what
0: a 60 <laughs> no 69.75 what nice, nice. Um, the next song, no, no, it no, it, it was it was a seven point seven five. Uh, stay okay. frosty, I stay, stay. frosty. <laughs> the ice cream man is back for another scoop, is what I wrote. Um, and then then the next note I have is that crunch on this song, man. Uh, I said this is a genre bending blues meets squeal rock from from Van Halen. Past the solo is killer. It's not as cold. As the ice cream man. See what you did there. But it's a little bit more like soft serve ice cream man. Mm-hmm. Which I could still get behind this. Uh I I really do like this song a lot.
1: And we'll go to uh we'll go to Nate first. This song is bluesy blues, totally mm-hmm. different and rad. And then I don't know why. They just are like Let's kick it up, and they turn it into a total joke. <laughs> it was like, it? where w- this on, like honestly, you want to talk about risk taking? If you <clears> would have <throat> put this at the start of the album, you would have had people clamoring for how great this is because <clears throat> it would have started off like, okay, what are they doing with this like <clears throat> kind of ice cream man? Like they're maybe returning to the old school Van Halen, and then they just pivot, burp, just wop. So yeah, I liked it quite a bit.
0: And <clears throat> Joe.
2: I actually had to look back uh, to the first Van Halen and see what I gave Ice Cream because I know it wasn't my favorite. That's when I, when I first and it's a started cover. to hear this one.
0: And it's a cover. Right. So this is kind and of just, them revisiting that idea, but doing their own spin on it, which is kind of cool. Uh, modern, it, it, that was pretty cool, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, I, I just like, I'm like, oh, I was kind of, at first I was kind of disappointed, I'm like, oh crap. You know, like I was, felt like I was gonna have to force myself to listen to the song, but I just was gonna have to muscle through. Cause I think I ice cream, and I think I gave it like a 6.5 back in the day, but then, like as it kept going, oh my God, it was so much better. Like when it got heavier, mm-hmm. it was freaking ridiculous. I was another one of those ones I had to keep playing on repeat, just couldn't get enough of, dude. This was badass.
0: All right, then, would you <laughs> rank it, Joe? Dude, I gave this one an 8.5. 8.5. Nate, stay frosty. Eight. 8. I also gave this one an 8. Big River is the next song, and what w- did Nate? You, Nate? You, uh, I think you said it earlier. Like, did did Wolfgang just go find a bunch of cool stuff that he liked from Van Halen past and decided to try and revisit it? Because is this not Running with the Devil? Yeah, bass line and riffs, not exact, but it, it's a callback. Yep, buddy. It, yes. And this is where I originally wrote the note that along with that callback, this album contains some of Eddie's best riffs and playing solo-wise, comp- composition-wise, since 5150. And that's a hill that I will die on. Even if the overall album ranking on this one doesn't rank as high as maybe an OU812 or a Carnal Knowledge, I feel like Eddie's playing here or is 84. better. <laughs> well, hey, you know... Um, <laughs> Um, eighty four <laughs> might be might be a little inflated, but I I I, I think we can. We're gonna call that Joe flated. It, it might be Joe flated, mm. but I there can I, I can honestly see that eighty four probably still would have been number one. You know, uh, e- even without that. But I mean, no, like this 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 is awesome shit, and that's all I gotta say. Um, yeah, we'll go to we'll we'll go to Joe first
2: um I, I was i mean yeah you said basically i was gonna say like very michael anthony vibes with wolfgang here the running with the devil and everything uh just some classic van halen shit going on here and it just sounded so badass mm-hmm. uh this was this was fantastic man and
1: nate while you guys have been talking about how great the bass is, and this is, you know, I think maybe when I was re-listening to this album, my headspace was like, man, this is the last, like, full thing Eddie did. So I was really focused on his guitar work. And um I felt that this song, the guitar's attack, mm-hmm. the attack of the guitar throughout made this song way better than it had any right being. It's a good song, don't get me wrong. But it just, yeah. the fact that that guitar is just, Crunch and punch and sharp and all these words that I want to use did it for me. 7.25. <clears throat> Joe, would you give Big River? I gave
2: it an
0: 8.5. 8.5. I gave this one a 7.5. About some good stuff here. The last song, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, viewers. The last song we'll ever rank and that ever will be from Van Halen sadly sadly unfortunately is beat. You know, that's
1: actually not true. Hold on, time out. I have a scenario. Do you think there's a world where Wolfgang goes back through all the demo tapes, talks to Alex and is like, "Why don't we release something that we won't ever try to play live, mm-hmm. but like rework Dad's songs, get both David and Sammy to come in on one singular album, like that would be the okay you know, um, bow on the
0: story. Listen, be listen beautiful. to Wolfgang's interview with Howard Stern. He asked him that. Oh, um, interesting. And, and he, at that point in November, he goes, "It's too, it's too soon to even He's contemplate that." that. Yeah. Um, he goes, he goes, because he, 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 he never say never. There might be something down the line, maybe. He's like, but it's like, if it's if it's tucked away, it's ironic because for this album, a lot of stuff was tucked away. But like, if it was tucked away, that means like a lot of the good stuff is already taken and used. That's true. Yeah. And he's like, he also doesn't want to put out stuff that tarnishes. Like it's gotta be good. Um, And also, um, before we get to the ranking of this last one. So this, this, the history of this band is, is 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 marred with some personal problems between some of the members. David Lee Roth on and off Sammy, and also Michael Anthony. Um, yeah, you know both Sammy and Roth have come back on multiple occasions to do some stuff, and they've patched some stuff up. And um, you know there was even like even before I guess this album came out, uh, after they did Best of Both Worlds when they asked Sammy mm-hmm. uh, whatever. It's like, would you ever go back to Van Halen? He goes, I don't know what's going on. He's like, I'm not sure what the status is. He goes, but I think they need to reunite with Dave first before we do anything. Yeah. That was yeah. Sammy's take. And um, then of course, Sammy was hopeful for one day. He goes, it'd be really cool to have like a Sam and Dave tour with the, with the other half with like, and then a uh, spoiler alert before Eddie got sick, Wolfgang was pitching to Eddie, to do a big epic all-star tour that would include Sammy, Dave, Gary Sharone, and Michael Anthony. All coming back to, to do eras. Like play everything from the best of the best. Not of just both worlds, but their entire universe, their entire galaxy. Yeah. But then, if Gary's there, also the worst. Well, well, you know what? <laughs> I've heard a few word. songs from them, lot from that era, live, and it doesn't sound as bad live as it did. It's still not great, uh, right? Because the subject is the like the material stuff isn't as great. But still, to just acknowledge that, not not be, well, because there's no bad blood, but but with Gary, it just didn't work. You 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 could pick a few songs off there to to play live. That could probably work. Um. And I will say that Michael Anthony was reached out to. And he knew about it. Yeah. Um, this was in the works. And it, it was going to be far away. Eddie knew he was sick. And they were going to see what was life was like on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And, it didn't, and it didn't happen. Eddie passed away uh, almost. Uh, as of this recording, it's been over a year. Um, not as we record this, but as this airs. It, it, was, it was in October of 2020. We lost Eddie and thankfully Sammy and Eddie had reconnected via text and they had uh, got on good terms and Sammy was gut he was gutted when he found out Eddie died cuz he had heard from him a little while uh, after they'd reconnected and um he was so glad that he got to because you know he he wasn't saying that they were in a really bad place but they weren't necessarily in a great place either and he said he would have he would have had a, had that dark spot over him for the lot for the rest of his life, knowing that he never right. made good with Eddie because despite everything, they made some great magic together. And, um, the, the very last song guys beats working, um, has a big Epic intro. It's a very catchy guitar and, and, and vocal chorus line. It almost has a train line chug a lug, which is funny because the album cover bass distortion on this song. Um, Overall, I felt like it's really good playing across the whole album. Wolf, As we said, Wolfgang fits right in. And it's very funny, considering that this is the last ever Van Halen song that we'll ever know, possibly. You know, Because right. I can hear Eddie saying, when asked, what he thought of his career. The ups, the downs, everything. I could hear him saying and replying, shrugging, saying, it beats working. Absolutely. So... um, yeah, who wants to take it from here?
1: <laughs> I uh just had one thought because you said a lot of my thoughts about the actual pieces of the song. I thought this was a really solid ending to a very surprisingly solid album. Like my expectations after 3 were not high. I can't sit here and be like, man, I'm I'm god, they're going to nail it out of the park. We're going to have a, an album so good that it might be in the top, you know, 5 or whatever. Right. I don't know about that. But after listening to all these songs and after experiencing it, I think I could go back to this album a couple times and learn to not just like some of these songs, but really love them. And, and, and probably as time goes on, change my ranks a little bit. So uh, yeah, that's my thoughts, Joe final thoughts on beats working.
2: Well, like this one was actually like tough for me to listen to not, musically but just like what we've been hitting on is like my god this is like the last thing we'll ever hear from eddie you know and it was really hard for me to rank it accordingly like you know like i wanted to you know not necessarily break the bank but just to you know be true to like rank how i feel the song should be ranked or rank it just the fact that like this is the last thing i'm ever going to hear eddie do um like i said it's a solid song i mean nothing like well, for me it was all exciting but at the same time this is this is a difficult one for me to rank. I've changed it several times.
0: Would you give it though in the end?
2: Uh, <laughs> I gave it a
1: 7.75. Nate, fucking stop it, Joe. Get out of my fucking head. <laughs> 7.75. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god. Oh that's 7.75. You as well, yeah.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah. We
1: had we had two of them, guys.
0: That's
2: it. the first
1: time that's ever happened. Yeah, two of the I same, that... right? Yep. Yep.
0: Um, but guys, that's it. Um, all Van Halen albums are ranked. Um, my final score, Brando's final album score for a different kind of truth was a seven point two six. Nate's okay. was a six point eight two. Joe's was a seven point two five with a master rank. 7.11 711 Uh <laughs> Lucky 711 baby So guys that's it the highest ranked album or song on the album was as was as is at 8.75 and the lowest was um Honey Baby Sweetie Doll right after Gosh. that we had a 4.83 So guys yeah that's it I need to tabulate I need to go through um We've done it We have done it uh please bear with me while I try to get stuff um figure out. brand has
1: gotta go through the numbers and make sure yeah. everything lines <laughs> up, folks. I'm hoping that when I I'm
0: hoping that when I open up this uh notepad it doesn't put it on my second screen. <laughs> and it just covers you guys up and gives away the <laughs> so here we go. Oh, this oh, okay, cool. It's on this one. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um so oh, oh
2: Dude, I'm looking at the numbers actually right here on my pad.
0: Like it's uh it, well, um, I actually have more work to do than I thought I did. Uh-oh. Oh, get gonna, so I need to get this here.
1: So. so while Brandon's working on that, I think I'm going to take over for a minute. Joe, we can kind of just riff. But I just want to yeah, say yeah. this experience of doing Van Halen, rank them all. This is now the second series I've been a part of. We did Metallica first. Um, the Metallica thing was different because I was very personally like Metallica was my band. Like I I take them very, you know, like I uh, live and breathe Metallica, but for this, for this show, while I love Van Halen. And I think we said in the beginning, I didn't know everything. And, uh, while I didn't know everything that allowed me to now as an adult, who is willing to, for this project, open my ears up differently and objectively listen, And listen, I know we tore apart the third album, uh, Van Halen 3. It was bad. I know that we really loved uh, 84 as to be expected from one of the greatest albums of all time that only got beat by Thriller, for Christ's sakes. But the thing that drew me to this project the most is what we're almost to. And that's what I'm really excited about, Joe, is that we're going to find out who is better, Van Halen or Van Hagar, or is it kind of really, truthfully, the best of both worlds so what were your thoughts on this project now that we've officially we're at the rap point like um you know
2: like i i've always been uh like i wouldn't consider myself like a huge van halen fan but i've always enjoyed their music you know like specific songs from like pieces of different albums you know what i mean like i'm i'm the same i'm like i'm a normal a normal person i'll put a track uh, or a cd on and i'll listen to one track then i'll skip the next two tracks and listen to the next track i'll skip the next track you know I, I have favorite songs from each album and i've guarantee you i've heard at least one or two songs off each of these albums because i mean i grew up listening to the very best uh, volume 1 which we don't even have a volume 2 so it's but <laughs> whatever um uh, but fair yeah, point it,
1: shit fair point
2: <laughs> it needs to happen why not like you know shit uh, I don't think VH3 will be on there anywhere, but still, um, I uh, it was actually it, it was kind of nice to get to experience everything else. Uh, getting to listen to the whole album, still hearing the songs that I grew up with, like forcing myself to listen to the ones I wasn't familiar with, and then getting to that one song, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is so badass! Like I missed this song, you know what I mean? Um, and the cool thing about different kind of truth, it wasn't really like that for me the only song I had heard on that whole album uh, was tattoo and kind of, it was kind of cool getting to learn that tattoo was a song they had done live uh, for years and years, but they never recorded, you know? Um, But then like forced myself to listen to that that whole thing and then discovering new songs that I liked that I'd never heard before. Um, This whole experience for me has actually been really cool.
1: Man, I, I absolutely agree uh my question is now if and this is just again we're just riffing so it might as well just be in the riff mode
2: yeah
1: um if you could pick three bands that maybe we have or haven't discussed yet to possibly do more rank all's on and you gotta think one thing we've learned is bands with big discographies is fun but it also is tough uh what are yeah. three bands you would love to dive into and do this experience again with
2: so um i think i mentioned early on like uh I listened to a little bit of the Eagles of death metal. They don't have a very big discography. So that would be kind of a little quickie to do. And I've listened to like a few of their stuff, a few of their songs. I, I can't remember. Like their, their discography is not real big, but for me though, the big one was kill me now was, uh, Aussie like after Sabbath, but that's like, you're talking like the most freaking discography, you know, um, like, big on Aussie. Um, the other for me, obviously, was I'm a big dream theater guy. But Brandon teases me about this a lot because I'm, I'm big into dream theater, but I'm big into the Mike Portnoy era. And I have actually and he, he he's I think he's even sent me songs that I haven't listened to. that are post Mike Portnoy era show after they hired Mike Mangini to drum. I just I don't know why I have refused to listen to any of it. I'll I'll turn Spotify on and have a Dream Theater station playing. I'm like, oh, that's a cool song. I don't remember hearing that one. Then I'll look into a new one. I'm like, damn it. Not (laughs) my Dream
0: Theater. The thing is, Joe, you don't like It's not like you don't like Mike Mangini. Yeah. It's just that Portnoy was one of the founding members of Dream Theater and and, and a part of their attitude, you know. And without that, there is a part of that that is gone. But what I have discovered is that, man, uh, they they, they have found a way to keep it together and they've been going, you know, and. You know, never say never. Hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll get at some sort of reunion one day, you know, kind of like well, with Sammy and and, yeah. and Dave and how they got back with Eddie and them, you know, because, you know, Portnoy mm-hmm. has made nice and got, he you know, he was on the liquid tension yep. with, with, with Petrucci and, uh, yep. And, uh, oh, so Rudis awesome. God, and Jordan so, God, awesome. so, like, like, he's almost made nice with almost everybody except for, um, uh, to brain, brain working lead singer, my, uh, James LeBrie. Oh, James LeBrie. So, yeah. you know, maybe so, one day.
2: Hopefully, because I mean, after that, that interview he did, uh, when he went an in interview, he was just popping off on his Facebook about after Joey died, uh, Jordison, he said, You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's never too late to make amends, and you never know. It's never too late to maybe reunite one day. And I'm like, oh my God, just please, like, I don't care where they would play. If they were two or one more time with, with Portnoy, I would be there.
0: With that being said, the We're there? Are, we are there. We are tabulated. Now, guys, here's how I did this. Uh, for Metallica, we did the top 10 songs, the bottom 10 songs, the top five covers. If you want to hear the bottom 10 songs, go listen to Van Halen 3. Um, <laughs> quite literally. You just, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's some other ones sprinkled in there that, that, that like, like probably go into that same category, but I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, what, so what I've done, I did the top 10 Sammy songs, the top 10 David Lee Roth songs, The top 10 overall songs, and then the final album rank. And what I've also done is that, unlike the Metallica, where we had a couple of ties, we had a lot more ties this time around. So, what I did because of that, um, we might have, like Sammy, the top 11 songs, because, buddy, there are, it's, it's a four way tie at the end.
1: Oh wow! So so, so
0: instead of saying here at number eight, number here's four songs in like all got number eight. No, what I did instead, guys, I gave them the rank from when they first came out. So rank coming in at number eleven for Sammy Hagar's era of Van Halen, Balu Lichotherium Wow, seven point eight three. Number ten, Love Walks In, seven point eight three. Number nine, the best of both worlds, (laughs) 7.83. And at number eight, get up at 7.83. So that's kind of how I did it this time, guys. I did, I just, well, because it wasn't just going to be that. It was going to be more ties after that. I'm like, I'm not going to have like uh, a top 10 Hagar era and it's like addendum you know, like with Metallica, we had like two songs that tied for number six. Okay, I can do that. You know, two songs that tied for number four. Okay. Two songs tied at number, tied at number, tied at number one. And what we did for that, since those were the two top tier songs, we ranked them. We On the spot, pick one. Which one holds up? And then that's, that's what became number two and then number one, respectively. Yeah. So, and So we didn't do that this time. So now at number seven, Sammy Hagar era, source of infection, number eight. Or it it got an eight. I'm sorry. It's number seven. It got a rank of eight. Lots of numbers here. I know. Sorry, guys. Stay with me. Coming in at number six for Sammy Hagar, pound cake with a score of 8.3. Number five for Sammy Hagar era, finish what you started with a score of 8.5. Number 4 for Sammy Hagar. Why Can't This Be Love with a score of
1: 8.9. Question, what was the which song uh, Love Walks In was the at the bottom there that got the
0: 7.83? Yes.
1: Okay, okay. There's yeah. a lot of love songs with Wait, Sammy. I'm making sure I wasn't mixing them up.
0: Love Walks In 7.83. Yeah. Um, and then we have Why Can't This Be Love with a 8.9.
1: Also nice. tied for an 8.9, but
0: came first because I'm not doing these ties. We had a lot of ties at an 8.9 at number three, Dreams. So nice. Sammy Hagar, Dreams is the third best song. Number two, best Sammy Hagar song, Humans Being. Nice. Hawk yeah. 9.25. Yes. And the number one ranked Sammy Hagar era song right now. Yeah, ah, nine point six. Go. Nice, awesome. So there's your Sammy Hagar era top eleven. Asterisk. Now, uh, yeah, well, well, you know, there's some ties. I could go deeper down the line, but I mean, he only did four albums, guys. We're not going to sit here and list <laughs> just the best out of all of them. But. The top thirty-seven. Here we go, guys. The top ten David Lee Roth era songs. You ready? Coming in at number 10, Spanish Fly, which is instrumental with a score of 8.58. Now, notice that. What was the bottom for Sammy Hagar? 7.83. What was the bottom for the Roth era? 8-point something. 8.58. Number 9 for David Lee Roth, Big Bad Bill is Sweet William Now. With a score of 8.6. Uh, 8. Number eight for David Lee Roth, as is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey. 8.75. That's, that's what I alluded to earlier, is like, oh, I got more work to do than I thought. Because <laughs> I had to figure out where that was, was going to line up. Number seven, David Lee Roth, Girl Gone Bad, 8.9. Number six for David Lee Roth is Unchained. And we hit the ground running with a score of 9.06. Number five. We're in the top five. David Lee Roth songs, I'll Wait, with a score. Oh, yeah. With a score of 9.6. Number four, Hot for Teacher, with a score of 9.83. Number three, Panama, with a score of 9.91. And number two is Jump, with 10. And the number number one. one... Eruption, is eruption with 10. With 10. Yeah. <laughs> so now, the debate is not over yet. Which era is better? The top 10 Van Halen songs is really the top 11 because there was a tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, <laughs> hope you're still with me, guys. The number 11th best Van Halen song of all time, according to Rank em All, is Why Can't This Be Love?, with an 8.9 tied at with number 10 dreams at an 8.9. Oh, okay. Then number 9 girl gone bad at an 8.9, number 8 unchained 9.06, number 7 human's being with a 9.25, number 6 right now with a score of 9.6. Number 5 I'll wait with a score of 9.6. Number 4 hot for teacher number three Panama with a score of 9.91 number two jump with a 10 number one eruption with a 10 and there's your top which
1: which means there were eight David Lee Roth songs in the top 10 and only three in the top 10 for
0: okay so we have why
1: can't this be love
0: Sammy well because think about this eruption was our first 10
1: Sammy didn't get a 10, a perfect 10 on any song.
0: No, he did not. So there's that line. Eruption is a instrumental featuring just Eddie Van Halen.
2: And a little bit of Alex.
0: Perfect. (laughs) If you take that song away, scratch it. Then you have the top 10 is why can't this be love, right? In Dreams, that's both Sammy Hagar, one, two, Humans Being, three, Right Now, four. And then you have Sit. six. Then you have like Girl Gone Bad, Unchained, Hop for Teacher, Paint On, Jump, and I'll Wait, or whatever, if I said that. So you, you almost have, it's, it, it is close. For the, for the top ten, you, you have like, Roth has one more song.
1: Damn. But it's then 60, 40
0: But then, Sammy didn't get a perfect ten, and his also his personal top ten. It, it's lower was a little bit lower on the rankings, on the rankings. Mm-hmm. So now, guys,
1: and the debate is settled. The yeah, the debate is settled. The Van Halen three is the worst album. The end. Yep,
0: yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Wrap it up. Um, but I mean, no, it, it kind of says that like well Roth had a few more albums under his belt Uh, you know he had six uh, from the first run and then seven with a different kind of truth right and so then there was seven to Sammy's four Sammy held in there pretty good for only having four albums so you got to give him that so now guys the final results are you ready
1: yeah, let's do this. What's the final ranking for all of the Van Halen albums, top to bottom? Coming in at number 12. bottom of to the top. And last place,
0: Van Halen 3. Van was, Halen 3. With a score of 3. 1, <coughs> yeah, uh, no, 3. 3.1. Yeah, no, 3.31. Yep. Balance comes in at number 11 with a score of 5.69. Then... Coming in at number 10, Van Halen 2, with a score of 6.05. Number 9, Women and Children First, 6.17. And number 8, Diver Down, 6.58. Number 7, Fair Warning, 6.68. Number 6, OU812, 6.76. Number five, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, 7.04. Number four, A Different Kind of Truth, 7.11. Number three, The Original, the the, first album, Van Halen, 7.19. Number two, 5150, 7.5. And number one, 1984. 8.97. 8.97.
1: Which means the top five albums were three to Roth and two yep. to Hagar. Yep. A near split again. Yep. Pretty
0: close. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. It can be truly said that no matter like what era you like better, you get the best of both worlds. You get a different little different style with each one, but ultimately it's yep. all good, man. Like, it's all relative. It fits. It's really crazy how much they were able to work and great make some really great shit between Dave and his more vaudevillian style, like we've said, and Sammy's more straightforward. Like it it still works. Absolutely. It, this has been an awesome project, guys.
1: It's truly percent happy. agree. I've been grateful to do this. You guys, um, this is a interesting one because Eddie's passing kind of mm-hmm. changes how we look at this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I still believe that if he was still alive and we were still doing these rankings, nothing would change because the music and the quality of the artists that are within this band and the different eras they've had really, really shines through in every album except for one, which is saying something.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, as we said before, we try to like we try to be honest, you know. Just because an artist is passed on doesn't mean that we need to just, in, into, you know, immediately praise everything that they've done. Because it's not fair. Uh, we tried to be fair, you know, 100% across the board. You know, I was a little worried, honestly, when we first started this. We did the first album, and then we did the next couple. And I'm like, man, we're really not liking these albums <laughs> as, as much as I thought we would. And um, it was a bit of a chore sometimes to go back to do a re-listen. Uh, not on the initial, but it's like, man, I really don't like. I still don't like the song, but it. But it definitely paid off because what we found when we did that, are those little nuggets of like awesomeness in between. Those little cool, uh, the little dreamers, the ice cream man's, the uh, the you know, Spanish fly. I never big really, bad Bill, big bad Bill, sweet William. Now take your whiskey home. I I, I love that one. You know, it's just some of these other songs that I never would have found if I didn't dive in deep into it and I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so, and I'm so glad that Joe agreed to join us on this journey and come on and take part because when we were talking about what band we were going to do next um I didn't really know, I had a couple ideas, but when uh but when Dick and Nick said they wanted to do Between the Buried and Me with the dudes, I'm like I want to go somewhere in the complete opposite direction. I want to go back. I want to go um, more classic. And I had a couple ideas, but Eddie had passed just a few months prior and I had been listening to more Van Halen in my rotation. So I asked Nate, would you be interested in doing Van Halen? And I'm like, all right, who could we get for that? And I'm like, maybe Joe would want to do it. And so I just approached him and said, would you want to go? And he said, yeah. So Joe, thank you so much. Welcome. Um, Thanks for including me. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back at some point down the line to, 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 to team up and tag and, and and tackle another band at some point in time we don't know exactly what's around the bend as of this recording we have a couple of other projects that are in the in the works uh but we'll be sure to uh, we always let you know with an introduction episode that doesn't really rank anything to let you know who the team is going to be who's the panelist and who's the artist because that way you guys can listen along and rank with us and what are your ranks what are your ranks for van halen where where did it where did it go you know what was your top album? What 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 were your favorite songs? Which era do you like better? We want to know. Comment down below, either on uh, either on the YouTube video or or check us out on social media and do that. But Nate, thank you once again for joining me down this big long trek. I know there's a lot of albums. This is almost the same length as the Metallica. Um, what, uh, one short of that the album and it almost took them. Um, it almost took longer to do as far as <laughs> as far as actually getting the project done
1: <laughs> it definitely did but no brando we um we set out to rank them all we will be ranking them all uh we will continue on this trek with whoever whenever whatever but you guys will always find us in the same spot that's rankemall.rocks get us on all the different podcasting platforms apple music podbean spotify stitcher radio iHeartRadio, radio CastBox, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, many others. Just search Rank Them All. Um, Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. You know, Brandon puts a lot of work getting those videos up. And you can see our faces in almost every episode. Sands those between the buried and me. They wanted to be a little more personal. Take the cameras off and be able to talk and not feel that pressure of the red light. I know that because I used to feel the pressure of the red light. Now it doesn't really care. Whatever. You guys look at me. It's cool. Pick my nose, because you're not going to remember it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's it, Brando. You got anything else to throw at us? Dude,
0: that is it. Uh, again, thank you all for joining us along on this ride. All the way down from top to bottom, the trek of Van Halen, and it has been a ride. I have I have found so many cool new favorite songs that I never would have thought and uh, definitely I'm going to be making a cool little playlist that that's going to include not just the big songs that I like, but some of the other ones as
1: well. And you just gave me an idea. If you give us all our lists, we could individually make our top ten playlists from our Van Halen yep.
0: ranks. Yep, absolutely. I'll definitely try to get that to you guys. But uh, until next time, whatever's around the bend, you know, for Nate and for Joe, I've been Brando. And, you know, doing this podcast has been one of the best experiences of my life doing the, you know, going with Metallica, going with Van Halen and going forward. And I can tell you this for certain that doing this podcast beats working. So thank you guys. Have a good one. Rock on.